Welcome to Eagle Lutheran Church this morning. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us uh, via video or however you're reaching out to us today. Please join us as we sing um, worship songs this morning, and then that will be followed by a message by our pastor, Luke Emerson. Who brings the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you lay down your life, that I would be set free, Whoa, Jesus has seen for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nations and through the justice sounds like the sun in all of its brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your
can be a hard time song to sing in times like this, and yet we know that this song was written um, under a time of deep grief, um, as the author of the song had lost uh, a number of his uh, family in a boarding accident. And so we can lean on the Lord and know that with him, our souls can be well. Thank you. 
It has been a week where I've been able to listen and learn and love. It has been a week of getting ready for the future and remembering the past. It's been a good week. Having a good talk with the deacons on the council, uh, we are all blessed by God. And we can think of a lot of our, of our multitude of blessings. And we have to have heart to obey God now and, and also to reach out to others. And as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about this morning or what we are going to uh, 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 take a look at, you know, we've been in Acts for very few, very many months. And, and you know, um, and I know that this Sunday is, is my last Sunday here at Elam. And, uh, and I asked the Lord, what do you want me to share? And he put my heart very much on a passage of scripture from Hebrews. A passage of scripture that means a lot to me because it shows the faith of Abraham. And so when we think of this, you know, we think of, uh, as, as I've said every Sunday for pretty much the entire time I've been here, is I wanted to offer you and show you the means of grace. The vehicle which God shows us his grace, his mercy, and his love. He does that through the sacraments of the altar, does it through the sacraments of baptism, and in the inerrancy of the word of God. And so this morning I'd like to share God's grace, mercy, and love in the Word of God. I'll let you see exactly how He touched Abraham and Isaac and many others in this passage of Scripture. So, if you have your Bibles open this morning, we're going to really focus on genuine faith or relying on God. And I want to take a second and, and go to the uh, Luther's Small Catechism and just read the definitions of what faith is. There are two definitions here. Number one, trust in or reliance upon Jesus Christ for salvation. Number two, a gift of God through which we receive his saving grace. So we see and we hear that faith is alive. Faith is alive and God is at work and we can see his hand on our congregation but also on our lives and our families. Even in this trying time. We have to continue to say, praise be to God. But what is faith? We read it in the, in the definitions through the catechism there, but if you would uh, turn with me over, I've got four different spots of scripture here that I'd like us to take a look at. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. This is the first one that came to my mind when I thought of uh, genuine faith. It says this, Hebrews 11, chapter 1 says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Let's also turn over to, to Psalms. Psalm, Psalm chapter, four, uh, chapter 46, verse 10, where it says this, Cease striving, be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted on the earth. Let's jump over to, to John chapter 7, John chapter 7, verse 38, where we see, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Another one I wanted to read today was from, Saul, or from Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
So with those things being said, I want to go and look at today's passage of Scripture from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 19. Hebrews chapter 11, 17 through 19. And it says this. It is, it is, it is the, the faith chapter in Hebrews. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offered up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, In Isaac your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a tithe. So as we take a look at, at, at this passage of Scripture, we see that Abraham, the first thing we're going to see is that his faith was, was, was growing and withstood even difficult tests or tests. Abraham was willing to give his son when God commanded him to do so. God did not let Abraham take Isaac's life because he had given the command in order to test Abraham's faith. One of the things that we see here is by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise, offering up his only begotten son. The word offered here in, in the, the, the Greek translation is, is prospeho, to, to bring to, to give, to offer, to present. Abraham offered the most prized possession, the thing that he loved so much. Hebrews 8.3 says this, For every high priest is appointed to offer both gift and sacrifices. So it is necessary that this high priest also have something to offer. Now, if you look back at the Jewish system, priests were chosen from what tribe again? Yes, you're right. It is the tribe of Levi. The sacrifice was offered up, sacrifices were offered up daily on the altar for forgiveness of sins. But this system would not have been allowed, would not have allowed Jesus to be a priest, would it? Because why? He was from the tribe of Judah. But this Jesus, this Jesus, this, 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 this perfect man, the Son of God offered this perfect sacrifice and it was finally paid in full our sins were finally paid in full believers we were justified we were found not guilty because of what jesus offered jesus offered us the most perfect gift jesus looked to those he loved and it was, he was tested, but also he was faithful. When John Bunyan, a Christian writer who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, I know some of you have seen the movie or have read the book, was still in jail for preaching the gospel, he was deeply concerned for his family. He was particularly grieved about his little blind daughter, who he had a very, very special relationship with. He wrote this in, in uh, MacArthur Hebrews Commentary. He wrote this. I saw in this condition, I was a man who was pulling down his house upon the head of his wife and children. Yet, though I, I must do it. 
I must do it. The dearest idol I have known, whate'er that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. He was arrested and being held for preaching the gospel. He was being tested. And he did not lose heart. He did not lose faith. He kept seeking and striving for Jesus, for God's will to be done. The greatest test, the greater is the, 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 the greater the test, the greater the work God has for you. It says, it shall, it was he to whom it was said, in Isaac your descendants shall be called. Instead of taking Isaac or taking Abraham's son, God gave Abraham a whole nation of descendants through Isaac. I'm going to tell you, if you're afraid to trust, if you're afraid to trust, trust God with your possession, your dreams, your person, or, or your, your most treasured possession, pay attention to Abraham's example. Abraham was willing to give up everything for God. And by doing so, he received back more than he could ever have thought, ever have matched. The outcome of this test will reveal in a genuineness and a depth in our faith. Faith in Jesus Christ is more, is more is merely not an intellectual uh, asset, but it is, a, it, is, it, is, it is believing with the heart, with the will, with adoration, and with action. Years ago, a party of visitors uh, uh, at the National Mint were told by a workman in the smelting works that if you first dipped your hand in, 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 in water, a ladle of molten metal could be poured over the palm of your hand without burning it. A husband and wife were on this tour, and, and they were watching, and, and the, the, the workman said to the husband, perhaps you'd like to try it. The husband drew back sharply and said, no thanks. I'll take your word for it. Then he turned to the wife, and, and she replied, certainly. She pulled up her sleeve and her blouse and thrust her hand into the water bucket, and calmly she held her hand out while the metal was poured over it. In, in, in nature of Jesus' parable, in nature of Jesus' parable, we might ask which of the two reality believed, who really believed the workman. The husband believed on one level, yes, but he wasn't willing to put his belief to the test. The wife, on the other hand, was willing to take the kind of risk, the kind of risk, the faith that it takes. Jesus is asking us for that exact same thing. I'm asking you in this time of trial to believe in me, to trust me, to put everything that you have in the palm of my hand, because I will never leave you nor forsake you. Second thing we see, the genuine faith transcends or is above and beyond our own understanding. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 through 3 says this, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering 
on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and the two of his and took the two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. God tested Abraham not to trip him up, not to watch him fall, but to deepen his capacity to obey God and develop his character. Just as fire or to extract precious metals, God is continually refining us through difficult circumstances. We're in a difficult circumstance right now, are, are we not? He's growing us. He's teaching us. He's making us rely more on Him. But let's go back to Abraham. Some of the things that Abraham, Abraham did not try to figure God out. That morning, Abraham began one of the greatest acts of obedience that I've ever seen. He traveled 50 miles to Mount Moriah, near the site of Jerusalem. He didn't try to figure God out. He said, okay. Second thing, Abraham did not even argue with God. Over the years, he had learned many tough lessons about the importance of obeying God. This time, his obedience was prompted and completed. He said, okay. You want me to go? You want me to take this? I will. Abraham simply trusted God. Obeying God is a struggle sometimes. Because it may mean giving up something that we truly want. We should not expect our obedience to God to be easy or to come naturally. When we are tested, when we go through trials, we can complain. We can see how God is stretching us to develop our character. I know that we're all stuck in the house right now and, and, and we're all doing things that, you know, uh, I've never spent so much time reading and, and on the internet and looking at Facebook and everything else. And there's all good things, right? Uh, good things like uh, you get to answer questions, uh, the 40 things about when you're in high school, questions that, to pass the time, or, or which celebrity do you look the most like, uh, or, or, or your last name, what are some adjectives of your last name that we can all look at and, and, and laugh about them. There's even things going around where they're taking pictures and wanting to just stay in contact like that. We're in a trial right now. This church is in a trial right now. As it's being my last Sunday, uh, they're going to go through a time uh, uh, of a trial. But God, I know already, has your next man picked out. And as we are here right now today, He's asking us, He's urging us, to not try and figure it out. To not argue with him, but to just trust him. The third thing we see out of this passage of scripture is genuine faith is grounded on, and this is where we're going to come to the means of grace again, where God shows his grace, his mercy, and his love. We're going to stick with the three P's, the three points of this, of this last, of this last uh, 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 spot here. Genuine faith is grounded on the promise of God. There are many promises or guarantees in the Bible. I found a number the other day of 3,573 promises to the overcomer. There's a couple that are in Scripture I'd like to read them to you. One of the first one is, and 
in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will blot out, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Revelation 21, 7. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. What's the first promise of the Bible? The first promise of the Bible we know is from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. It was fulfilled in Galatians chapter 4, Luke chapter 2, verse 7, and Revelation 12, verse 5. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus Christ. The coming of Jesus Christ. The, the one that's going to come and pay the price to save us, our Savior. It is a promise that God has already fulfilled. And guess what? He's coming again. Let's look at the, at the last promise found in the Bible. Revelation uh, 22, to, uh, verse 20. He who testifies to these things say, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. This one is yet to come. Maranatha, the Lord is coming. He's coming again. This is for you and for me. It's a promise. Because our God, yes, makes promises, but he also has the power to fulfill them. Accounting that God was able, in, 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 in verse 19 eight, he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead. Able here is donatos, which means able, powerful, mighty, and strong. This is the God. This is God that we serve. One that sent Jesus for me and for you. We have provision. You hear me pray about provision continually. And we see that at the very end of that verse, 19, the end of 19. For which he also received him back as a type. He received back. He raised him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figure. Genesis chapter 22, 6 through 8, and I'll read it to you again. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took his hand, the fire, and the knife. So the two men were walking on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, Father, where am I? Uh, here I am, son, he says. Behold, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Let's put this in, 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 in what we're thinking of. Dad, we're going to make a sacrifice. I only see me and you and some wood. And what does his dad say? What does Abraham say to Isaac? He says to Isaac, he says, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked it together. We see that Abraham knew that God would provide a substitute 
And there's not resurrection. So what are we saying here? I know that I know that we're that like I said, we've been going through this time, we've been we've been stuck in the house or we're, you know, everybody's worried about toilet paper and, and running out of hand sanitizer and everything. You know, it, it's all like, but you know what? God has us right where he wants us. He has us, and I heard the other day, he has us in timeout. He has us in our room waiting for him to act. And he will. Like I said, this is my last Sunday. And he's already provided. Provided a pastor to come in interim work and uh, Pastor Herb Hawk, he's going to come and love you and, 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 and share the word of God with you. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited for what God's going to do when he finds the next pastor. I'm also excited to go to where God has called me next, to, uh, to Kansas, to, to St. Francis, to Peace Lutheran, Kansas. And I just wanted to say to this congregation, to my future congregation, and my pastors, I love you. And I thank you for allowing me to listen to God and do what he tells me to do. Even though sometimes we don't understand. But, and I want to share that, not to point the finger and point the attention back to me. That's not what this is about. I want you to focus on what Jesus is telling you through this scripture. Through this scripture, he's giving us an example through Abraham. He's giving us an example of what faith looks like. The take-home value here is this. Our faith will be tested, and we must not try to figure it out in our own human reasoning. But because of, because of Jesus, our faith is grounded on the promise of God, the power of God, and the provision that he makes. Yes, he will. Yes, he has a plan. And yes, he is at work in each one of our lives. He's given us so much. He's asking us to accept, believe, and confess. And rely on God's grace, on his mercy, and on his love. Friends, he loves you very much. And he has something very special planned for each one of your lives. I'm asking you to put your faith, to put your trust in Him and obey. In just a second, you're going to hear the, uh, the, the group come back and they're going to sing another song. It's a song that is one of my favorites, and I'm sure you've all heard it, so just sit back and enjoy. Great is thy faithfulness.
himself sanctify you entirely. May, may your spirit and soul and body be preserved completely without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who, who calls you, and he also who brings it to pass. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Father God in heaven, I also come before you this, this morning, and I thank you and I praise you for your faithfulness, for your grace, your mercy, and your love. Lord Jesus, I'm asking that you would continue to keep us safe, to continue to keep us in your, in your, the palm of your hand. Lord, help those that are going through hard times right now. Help those that are fighting anxiety and stress. Help those that are fighting financial issues. Help those that are fighting physical, emotional issues. Lord, let us continue to look to you and know that you love us. I love you, Lord, and I will always serve you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord. <laughs>